Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time now for the Sunday Morning Hangover with Nick Curran and Phil Baker on your number one spot for sports in Louisville, ESPN 680 and 1057. When you get done, you should go work for the Biden administration where there's no consequences for your stupidity every single day. It's just accepted. You've got 13 and a half seconds to go. You're up three, ten, nine, and I'm screaming with every second, foul, foul, foul. Oh, and what's his excuse at the end of the game? We had too much time on the clock to foul. Oh, my God, man. I mean, at what point is enough enough? Ah, the roller coaster ride that has become Kentucky basketball this year, apparently. That was from the loss earlier in the week, too. That was one of those where you could just say, it's like the KP presser, maybe not last night, where you could just say, which game is this from? Yeah. People were upset. How are you guys doing? Zachy C looks refreshed. You look like a get-back coach. I look like a guy that's going to toss you some pigskin or football on the sidelines like the guy that gets a no, wet yeah, ball yeah, kind of yeah. get i'm in a it's like the florida state louisville uh, football game yeah you i kind of have a vibe I mean, going today look don't like I? a trainer you look like you Thank might be you. running out there if somebody goes down with like a, with like a cramp or something trying to rub the calf I'd maybe like give them th- some bananas like the guy with Gatorade. christian mccaffrey yeah. on the quad yeah i'd like to think your backyard football game would have been a little bit better play than the acc louisville florida state championship game was that was uh well, I'm talking about like the monsoon and what uh, O2. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's Henry what I was talking Miller! about. Yes, Henry yes. Miller. How, yeah. There's a throwback. It is a throwback. How are you guys doing? Zachy C looks refreshed. Nice job on the post game show last night. Nick Kern, nice job on the uh, Learfield pregame. Uh, I didn't do anything of that. I was just celebrating birthdays and watching a great slate of college basketball. So, yeah, uh, about that slate yesterday. I mean, Kansas was a home underdog. Oh, Bobby V, by the I way. I was all over that. I mean, Bob sounded. 
so rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually, I, I text. I was, he was on the air on the national broadcast, not a little ESP at Louisville. And I got halfway through the text, like, yeah, he's on the air. I don't want to throw him. Which Bob is good about yeah. texting back after. But I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it. Which this is me giving his kudos on the air. He sounded so happy being yeah, on really the Kansas and Houston game after some of the direct he's had to see. But he leaves and Louisville wins. Try yeah. to give try to give away the game, but they won. I was they gonna won. say Bob did sound rejuvenated. It's, it's like he's gone back to basketball heaven. Like he's able to. Re, this is what it's actually supposed to look like, and that that was well. A great Lawrence Allen Fieldhouse is probably well, you know yeah, a great place to kind of get your and, your spirits lifted a little bit. Oh too. yeah, and that's not what it was supposed to look like if you're uh, Houston, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and Kansas shot seventy percent to yeah. beat them. Pretty uh, pretty incredible. I don't know that game. anybody in college basketball should be favored against Kansas. Kansas at Kansas, maybe an NBA team. What was the stat? I heard Bob and uh, Mike Cousins talking about it all there, and it said it was like the first time they had been home underdogs in like, I, I want to say it-, it was close to 40 or 50 years. Yeah, which I'm it like, that's a crazy. really long time because Kansas has owned the Big 12 for what, century? For almost a century? Since the French the and Big Indian a- War, yes. 12, the, the French and Indian War, that's a... That's an old thing. But go. yes, yes, that's that's what we How do. How about but North Carolina, by the way? They I know. Dominated I, look, it's, that was a nine-point game that was more like a 19-point game. You North know what? Carolina's this is really where I, I crushed the NBA for their gimmicky jerseys and everything. Duke going with their old English. I know they've done this in recent yeah. years. But for Carolina, Duke, like... Not that game. Not that. It was like when they both did the... Remember they did the chess piece a couple years ago yeah, where it was yeah. just the logo? It's like, no. guys, like you're the blue bloodiest of the blue bloodiest. Play, this is the reason why. It's such an overrated uh, sort of rivalry what? because they play they play twice. I I so like agree with wear, you on that. They can but, wear the normal jerseys, but man, like next I, time I when used, they play again in two weeks, they can wear the normal. jerseys. They played three times a couple years ago because in the final four. Yeah, I know. And so they could have played four times not, because they could have played in the ACC tournament too. That's why it's overrated. No, nothing tops Duke, North Carolina in college sports except maybe Ohio State, Michigan, there or Alabama, Auburn. Or You're something completely like wrong. That. I, You're completely de- wrong. A decade ago, when I was hoping for a documentary, I would have said Louisville, Kentucky. I but that's given, I, I still yeah, would. I, I mean, when they're I yeah. mean, uh, right now, but yeah. it'll be back. <laughs> I would have given uh, you that like ten years ago. It'll yes. be back. Oh, trust me. I, I mean, you it'll, got guys at the dialysis clinic hitting each other it'll, it'll, with, with it'll the canes. Be Courtney Walton tells a great story every time. Oh, the last couple of years we played Kentucky on the women's side. Uh, there was a camper when she was working camp as a player with U of L, and. Uh, I don't know. Someone was wearing a Kentucky, I think, shirt at the camp, and a little girl said, I'd rather die than to root for Kentucky. And she was at a Louisville camp. Oh, no. That's, well, I, I could see that happening in a lot. That was the thing that irked Charlie Strong the most when he was here. No, he, no, no. She was a Louisville fan. I think there was someone else wearing a Kentucky shirt maybe there, but somehow it came up, and she said, she's like 10 years old, and says, I'd rather die than root for Kentucky. Oh, well, they, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought it was a Kentucky fan at that. But yes, that's the that's the belly of the beast right there. Yeah. That's I worry about sometimes with uh, Louisville not really carrying its weight in recent years of like how that's going to get built up, but I'm confident uh, they could get back. If you're a fan of it last night, maybe. Uh, that was a glimmer into the future for that. History made, by the way, for some guys. Brandon Hunley Hatfield, yeah. career day. Tyler Johnson, Kelly Dickey puts something that's never been seen before for the Literally Louisville standpoint. Ever. And then uh, Kentucky. I had some buddies in attendance that's last surprising. night. They, uh, I don't know, man. Rick Barnes has Cal's number. Like when it no, comes not to that. They- the fact that nobody had ever had 25 and 10 in a game for Louisville before. And he was like the fourth player in, in ACC 
play over the last 25 years or whatever it was. My first thought was Tim Duncan. Then I realized, oh, Tim Duncan played over 25 years ago. Okay, now I'm old. Yeah, yeah. So Kelly Dickey, for those, I know it's a late one. And by the way, I thought of Nick Kern when uh, he tweeted out or you said, we were sending each other texts about the 80 free throws oh, uh, that boy. were out there. Yeah. I mean, the Kentucky game started about, what, 30 minutes after the Louisville 30 the, minutes. And it, it almost finished at the yeah, same time. Yeah, like, it ended like it, a few seconds overtime. after. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, the Kentucky game started, I think, at 8.40 because Duke Carolina went long. Yeah. Louisville was like 8.10. Yeah, 8.10. Yeah, yeah. They slid it to 8.10, so the, the Louisville game did tip off a little bit later, but still a full half hour before uh, the Kentucky game. and Almost. And almost we, outlasted it. It was close. Yeah, we started our post game at essentially the same time that the Louisville game ended. Because we always start the post game as soon as the Kentucky game ends. Sure. We don't have network coverage or anything like that. So that was kind of striking that, you know, their game lasted as long basically as the Kentucky game and that was a 103-92 lots of shooting lots of free well, throws like, yeah the end of the game, game my god like oh. I, the final four minutes I know you all were locked in Kentucky it was a multi-screen night for your boy um, it usually would be at the YouTube TV household okay but it, the thing that was crazy like I'm going back to having trouble inbounding the ball Curtis Williams getting the ball stripped from the pressure that Florida State was uh, providing for that Josh Nickelberry looking like he's our age, looking to a decade older than the time he was here. He's been in college for a while, but uh, he was Chris Mack's first ever recruiting. Yeah, were. super. What was that the super six? Mm. Sexy six? Whatever. The sensational six. Aiden Gahan. There's a blast mm-hmm. from the past, but no, it's it was wild, man. I was like, what is happening at the end of the game? And so, will you tell me where you guys want to start? Obviously, a top ten showdown with Kentucky and Tennessee. Louisville changing the narrative, dare I say, with an injured theme. I don't think people really buy well, into it, but I've got some interesting thoughts about it. Um, I do too, which, that, we, which we can get to. Um, I, do we start with Louisville? I, I don't know. I think we got to start with the winners. We always start. Okay, with the winners. that's okay. That's, and then I guess if, they did technically finish before. Save that it, for the big stage. So for uh, before th- that. So I, okay, did. I'm fine but with that. I'm consistent here. I want to start with winners. Last week we started with Kentucky because they were winners. Louisville won yesterday. So you're like Kentucky Herm Edwards. Not. Yeah. I'm or no, you're, no, I'm that's sorry. Mike you're like Mike Singletary. I want, I want winners. winners. That's right. Can, cannot coach with them. Cannot play with them. Can't do it. Do you remember who the sub? Of that was it was Vernon way. Davis. That's right. right. Okay. Good pull by uh, you. That would have taken me a while to arrive there, I but not, I would. No, I, I know my coach rants, baby. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, okay. We'll start with Louisville. One hundred one ninety-two win over Florida State. Uh, a Florida State team that has had the cards number over the years and kind of a trendy-ish pick like in the ACC to like Leonard Hamilton's figuring it out they were they they had won I think five in a row before they lost to North that was the thing they lost to North Carolina last Saturday in Tallahassee and um, it was a game that Florida State had a chance to win right in it the entire time Carolina was kind of able to outlast them they didn't play a midweek game they had a bye so they they were all sights set on Louisville and uh, still couldn't get the job done. The cards, uh, Tyler Johnson, obviously out on uh, Tuesday at Clemson. Looked like a guy ready to get back in there. And boy, boy uh, was he incredible. Um, and, and, and you saw, you know, the first half, Florida State turned it over 10 times. Uh, Louisville only turned it over four times, thus a 12-point lead. Uh, Louisville started to cough it up in the second half. Florida State continued to. Uh, it was a it was a, a turnover late in game and a foul late in game. Florida State ended up with 18, so eight in the second half. Louisville had 12 second-half turnovers. They had 16 for the game, so it was not a certainly a clean way to close out the game. But, hey, they got the job done. 
uh, both teams shot the ball well. Uh, Florida State over 51% from the field. Louisville 54 and a half, and that, that's why Louisville was able to win all the Florida State turnovers. That was, uh, to me, a, a huge stat in the game. But, um, you know, the, the tone that was set by Tyler Johnson, the, the attack mode that he was in and I think the entire team was in uh, throughout the night – Really impressive, and something we haven't seen a lot of this year, especially in the first halves of games. I think we've seen it maybe in the second half yeah. when it gets to be desperation time, yeah. but we haven't seen it uh, throughout an entire game. And, and last night, we did see it throughout an entire game. Uh, he had seven assists in the first half. Uh, was just slight. I mean. It was a rare situation where uh, the reason why Florida State has had Louisville's number over the years is there. I mean, Leonard Hamilton has seemingly the exact same team every year. They have like twenty guys in their roster, and they're all six seven. That's right. Um, and, and the Jonathan Isaac mold. Yeah, and and it was like this time, uh, cards got to the basket at will. I mean, they could not stop them. They were going to the rim at will last night and even some missed shots um, some offensive rebounds and a good job with that uh, obviously Tyler Johnson was the the spearhead of that but they were getting to the basket at will uh, Tyler talked to Paul and Jody after the game and um, you know the Florida State likes to switch everything because they have basically the same guy five times out there on the floor at any given time that's the problem Kentucky's run into recently yeah they switch everything a little bit and um, Tyler said well yeah but we like that because we knew it could get Brandon some matchups that he likes. It could get me matched up on a bigger guard that I'm faster than and I can get by. And we really saw that play out uh, throughout the game. They did a really nice job. That's the thing that Kenny Payne talked about. They were just in attack mode throughout. And uh, shooting 45 free throws doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't hurt either. I mean, they were that, credit the cards. They were 36 of 45 from the free throw line. So they were 80%. But, I, I mean... And it wasn't completely. I mean, Louisville ended up shooting 45 because Florida State was fouling at the end. Florida State shot 35 free throws. Yeah, there were 57 fouls called in that game. I mean, it was was I've never seen anything like it. It was horrible. Who wants to watch that? In the last five minutes of the game. Oh, my goodness. Especially the last five minutes. When people complain about the ending of college basketball games and they take forever, just put on a clip of that. Well, even throughout the game, it's just there's so many. And I mean, I guess you give the officials credit they were consistent yes uh, because they did call uh, the the very touch fouls throughout the night but um man there were some idiotic ones at the end like when it was like the the, the, the tyler foul yeah but like if you're gonna force their hand to i'm with you but at the same time like on the brandon hunt we've had there was a career night the foul out one, you're just like, oh, Joe, what are you doing, guys? But it, to your point, I mean, it, it's yeah, stuff. There, there was some that like ticky tack. Yes, right, it was out of reach. Well, but it was get, the first yeah. time since. Oh, here, Zach, I just want to read this from Kelly Dickey, and I promise I'll let you go. Louisville has four player or had four players with at least 15 points in a game for the first time in 10 years since Russ Smith, Chris Jones, Montrez Harrell, Luke Hancock did against SMU. Or I'm sorry, Southern. Yeah, SMU on uh, March 5th, 2014. I think that was was that the that throw was, up game. Was that the throw up game uh, where George Bush was sitting courtside? Maybe. That may have been there where he got a little tum-tum issues there. W for, or HW? Uh, junior. Ooh. W. Now watch this drive. There it is. I think Tony Romo was there, too. Oh, I don't know, Jim. Well, that was uh, 
that was the cards uh, on their way to a Sweet 16 run. I guess that was probably was that the might have been the last regular season game before the AAC tournament. Yeah, that sounds March about right. 5th. Yeah, feels right about that. But Zach, yeah, the, the floor is yours on that. Just some of the takeaways. I know you were kind of locked in with Kentucky, but dabbling in on the Louisville side too. Yeah, I was going back and forth because Taylor and Spencer were over there in studio, so I got, did get to see a good amount of that game as well. But this is the thing that we've credited Louisville for all year. When their offense has been good, they're getting to the free throw line. We saw it throughout the early portion of the season. Hasn't happened quite as much in ACC play, but you go to the line 45 times. What does that tell you? That means they're being aggressive. They're they're taking the ball to the basket. They're not forcing bad shots, which they tended to do at some points throughout the season. The first half was probably the best first half that they played, I would say, in the Kenny Payne era. Probably the best half. Point. Yeah, I would not say Not even so. the first. Just, that yeah. was probably the best 20 minutes of basketball they yeah, played. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it, and especially with how they've stumbled. You know, the last couple of first halves we've talked about, you know, against Virginia only having 13 points, against Clemson only having 22. They had 47 in the first half yesterday because they were able to get the ball to the basket. Tyler Johnson, you can't say enough about him. 27, 6, and 11. There's, when there's only three other guys in ACC play that have done that over the last 20 years, tells you how great he's been. And I'll tell you, the guy who's been the most consistent for this team all year has been Brandon Hunley-Hatfield. You know, you can say whatever you want about KP. You know, the jokes about big man whisper. Well, he's actually done a pretty good job with Brandon Hundley Hatfield because he's turned into a difference maker for this team. When you can get those two guys playing at that level, they have shown competency. And it's been there all year. You know, they play close games against, or close halves against North Carolina. They play close against Duke for stretches. The talent has never been a problem with this team. And that was on display yesterday. It's a sense of urgency from yes. the, the, from the, the, the you know from start to finish. And, and, I, and I'm glad you said it. So all three of us just went around and said something positive about that. I did. I helped our boy Jackie Grossman out with some Field of 68 stuff earlier this week. And that was a humble brag. I'm picking it up off the ground right there. He, look, I was the Charlie Strong of Texas. He was down to a seven choice. <laughs> there was like eight other people that weren't available and he had to put something out. So and it was a tough week for uh, Jeff Goodman. So you, you arrived on uh, yours truly. You. You, you got Big East basketball Benny's going after uh, Goodman and whatnot, slide in DMs. But uh, oh, did you see the picture of him like all by himself? Oh yeah, Allen he looked like, like Easton Drakes. They're he looked like, like Easton Drakes at Allen yes. Fieldhouse if they had a remote office. They're there. like Jeff Goodman with all of his friends. Mm. It was a rough week for him. Condolences to John Fanta too. I saw that he lost his father. He yeah. seems like, by all accounts, a very nice individual on that and a um, rising star in the business. But um, w- w- we discussed it because. The common theme I saw on Twitter, and there were some people that were combating, and, and I'm curious, and we can see it on the text line. If you get this type of performance for the rest of the year, what's the conversation? That the talent was always there. Does it matter? Like, in terms of, or that, I don't want to go zero to that, but I, I'm curious because we would all agree, you saw some history, you saw some career highs, something that's sure. never been done before. Yes. From that, the record still doesn't reflect that, but I, I, I'm concerned that sometimes... We're too. We're in the fishbowl here, like in the station a lot of times, and even in this market. And regardless of what our individual opinions are about, should they move on? And it, I think we're all in agreement. It looks like it probably true that, but it should be celebrated the way they played last night. You haven't seen that no. before. But what if you get more of this to close out the season? What's the conversation? Well, I think the conversation is going to be look at the talent that's going to be there for the next guy because Tyler Johnson's not going to be leaving. I don't think Brandon Hundley Hatfield. Will How do we back. know that? And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe I'm he not, does. But I'm not downplaying that. But I'm just saying if oh, that seems that KP connected with him and was able to lock in again. I hate going zero to this, but I think when everyone's just operating like the next guy, regardless, is going to be that. It's a fascinating conversation. To me, if you get more of this. That's a tough decision. No, yeah. I don't really think it is. I, I think it's too far I, gone I, at this point. I, 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 um, go, look, unless you, you just 
they, win out or something like that. Well, the decision's they, already been made. They still. I, Perhaps and, and but the, then so then Josh has, Josh Hurd has different then he has empty words then say it he's not into moral victories well this is a victory again I, I, I'm with victory. you I, I, I'm with you I don't think that they will how would Josh Hurd have empty words I don't understand your point there well no he said with the, the moral victory like if this he said, wasn't a moral victory no and that's what I'm saying unless like the, the going back to the uh, Clemson uh, Gabe and everything saying that doesn't matter if there's if they went out. Like, uh, well, I, what's that conversation there? I don't think it's more wish you're wishing and hoping versus something actually uh, being there. But I'm just curious because it should be celebrated the way they play. But we're operating like all these guys are going to come back. And if you're seeing bright spots from that, what is that conversation? I, it's it would be a good problem to have if they can continue to play like this. Um, you know, they. they We've talked about it all year. Offensively, they've played pretty well. Um, it's the defensive end where they've struggled, and th- and that was the case again last night. Um, they 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 forced some turnovers, so Florida State turned it over. But when not turning it over, they were they were scoring almost every time. Now Florida State didn't hit the threes at the clip that some of the some of the Louisville opponents have been able to. They missed a few open ones and took some bad ones too, like one pass and shoot, which. We've talked about a ton. You, you just don't do that against Louisville because you make them guard for a little bit and you're probably going to get an open shot. That's just the way it's been. Uh, but Florida State was 3 of 19 from 3. They they barely missed a shot from inside the arc. Um, so, I mean, defensively, still plenty of issues. I don't think there's any question about that. Can we say Florida State champions, by the way? They beat Miami and they beat Florida State. So Louisville is the king of Florida. Yeah, and this was a... Um, an important game for Florida State too. Um, not you know Louisville's ACC win last year probably kept Clemson out of the NCAA tournament. Oh no doubt. Um, th- this win last night. I mean Florida State went into the game uh, fourth in the ACC standings. Like the last team in line to get a double by NC State had won. So this was a big game to to try to stay in that spot and they couldn't do it. And, and this was on the verge of happening last year. Uh, Louisville here against Florida State. Uh, only lost by three. It was a game they were right in throughout. So it 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 almost happened last season. So um, over the last couple of years, Kenny Payne has kind of liked matching up uh, against Leonard Hamilton's team. So that's obviously something to keep in mind as well. Um, a, a couple other things to pick apart from this that that I find pretty interesting we're gonna talk about joey lenardi in his uh, bunker it's it's welcome no. to the party pal no trey white okay had 29 and had sort of a, a historic performance of his own mm-hmm. yeah he did with 29 points and 14 boards against clemson against an even more depleted uh, with an even more depleted team than louisville was last night and um and he only took two shots last night and i think uh, he has taken a lot of flack, maybe as much as any of the players has this season from fans, um, and and maybe deservedly so with some of the shots he's taken and things like that, and and um, some of the the defense that he hasn't played. But like last night, coming off a game where some he, massive rebounds, he was the guy and was the reason Louisville almost came all the way back at Clemson earlier in the week. Uh, he was able to recognize what was happening out there on the floor last night and only take two shots. That's been one of the major issues with Louisville's offense is 
decent as it's been, they fall into these ruts where they will just take bad shots too quick. And I would say uh, Trey has been one of the culprits of that. But he did not do that last night. He only took two shots. He got seven rebounds, as you said, some big ones down the stretch, had a couple of steals, like didn't score a point coming off 29 and 14. But when you saw what else was happening out there on the floor with Tyler Johnson going crazy, Brandon Huntley Hatfield having a huge night, he didn't need to score. How about and I, Mike James with 18, but only two for six from the field, but he was able well, to get to the line, and yeah. so was Curtis Williams. He but, shot I, but, 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 but Trey White, though, I'm but, with you. Like, like, that feels like, like that, a game he would have been searching yes, and like just like, trying to find his shot and get his. That's, that's been what – I agree. That's been the narrative on him throughout the season, and especially coming off the game he had earlier in the week. Um that really impressed me that he did not force things and I I thought um, that was a big reason Louisville won the game because they never really had a stretch of time on offense where the momentum was just completely killed by taking bad shots uh, even though there were turnovers so how many threes they took last night yeah they only took 11 yeah how impressive is it to score 101 points and you only make three threes that doesn't happen in modern college basketball or basketball for that matter that's that's you know normally the bugaboos on offense are turnovers and a stretch where they just take some atrocious shots. Uh, the turnovers still happened in the second half last night, but the stretch of atrocious shots never really did. And They um, didn't let the turnovers get out of control, though. That was the positive eh, I took they, away They kind of let the turnovers at the end of the game. I would have to respectfully disagree with you on that. Something else, Trey White, that didn't show up on the stat sheet, like when they were turning the ball over, could inbound the ball, there was a calming presence that KP was talking about. It's like, get me the ball. And just trying to get it. But it's funny because only eight guys, Zan Payne only played six minutes. I know Justin Sofero is like going to have some fun with that one, but uh, everybody else, y- you had... I mean, last night, you really didn't have any other choices. I know, eight guys in there, but again, I've said this over and over again. I think Caleb going only two rebounds, but I think he is an elite not no a good, question. an elite rebounder. He's just got to learn to play without fouling because he gets himself into foul trouble real quick a lot. But, yes, he is – I mean, the guy is uh, – There's guys that are specimen. going up for a rebound, and then there's like another level, and that's yeah. Caleb Glenn. So, yeah. Ethan Moore texting the personal bad phone, LSL, Louisville postgame show. I know Taylor Lynch there's was on There's one other point for yes, this Yes, please, game. go ahead. Yes, and then I'll get to this. Uh, it's now – I mean, it's a small sample size, but now we've seen – Really, the entire second half at Clemson, where Louisville surged back from 24 down. Now they got off to a rocky start in the second half, but surged back from 24 down. An entire game last night where they looked as good as they have all year without Sky Clark on the floor. Yeah. Oh, no. That and, looked. I, and, I, and I think that's a conversation worth having. With all due respect to him, I think he's a really good player. But, you know... Like Trey White didn't go searching for a shot. I think Sky has had a tendency to do that too, and kind of kill some offensive momentum for this team. Um, and and without them, him in there, and it was clearly Tyler Johnson's show last night. This was the result. I, I and maybe that's something that once Sky gets back healthy and can get back in there, hopefully in the not too distant future, um, play at the two a little bit more. It, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe can kind of take. He can kind of have seen, like I think Trey did last night, see what happened and kind of harness that going forward to like, this is how we can be successful. Ethan Moore texting the personal bad folk kind of to the point earlier of what the conversation is. And, and look, I want to react to the game, but it's just something that I've seen where I feel some like sometimes we're too close to it and we just hear some things and it gets regurgitated and speak in absolutes. And I just want to have that dialogue of... <sighs> 
Are we like just are we 100 percent certain on that? But as Ethan pointed out, UofL will win a few more games this season. However, the final record will still likely be one of the worst over the last 50 years. Yeah, and look at their next four games. It's uh, next five games. Right? Syracuse, Syracuse, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, Boston College, Pitt, Notre Dame. Those are some winnable opportunities. And I want to see this team put it together for more than a game at a time because we saw them have their best performance of the KP era against Miami on the road. They looked phenomenal in that game. And then it was back to what Louisville basketball has been for the most part this year. I want to see them do this against Syracuse, who's not a great team. I want to see them do this against Georgia Tech, who beats Duke in North Carolina, but they struggle against mediocre ACC teams. The key is to put this together for a stretch of time and not just have it feel like Little a Little spurts one-off. here and there. Yeah, yeah no, I agree Don't feel you. like a one-off where we're surprised, like, oh, look how well they played last night. Like, this needs to be a pattern, and they have that opportunity to do that with the remaining schedule. The only one that I would just say, okay, well, that's, it's not happening, is at Duke. Outside of that, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Boston College, you're not exactly playing the top-level teams of the ACC, which, to be fair, the ACC is kind of average at best this year. But you're at 7-15. and 15. Get to double digits. you got to get to double digits at minimum. And I think with the talent that's there, it's, it's possible. Nobody's ever said this team doesn't have the talent. I don't think that's ever Some been people a good, have. Some have. I've never said that. Some Ty- of the more ardent KP defenders, I think, have. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're all team. This team has talent. By the way, somebody on the text, I'd say, geez, can you guys, the team won the game. Can you guys stop pointing to the, out the negatives? In I what world? We, I think all three of us went around and applauded. This is the most positive <laughs> I've ever been about this Yes, team. I, I, I would have said there they was some concern it. at the end of the game, but they won the game. Yes, that's about as they positive as it gets. They scored 101 points. We've t- praised Tyler Johnson, Brandon Hundley Hatfield. We've gone on and on about this team. Like This is, as me and Louie like to say, positive radio. That's what we do every, every day, Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. Shameless plug there. But... No, this, this team has the talent yeah, that they can win. That shoehorn that at Newsman yeah. Lou and uh, BBNZ, where he was taking shots at Louisville fans on the post-game show for a, a Facebook post because they were – he said they have their own post-game over on 93.9 oh The Ville. Oh he was boy. doing that guy. Yeah. That's right. Oh they could, go he, listen to your it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic with Zach, you see, when he's on the Kentucky post-game show and then when he's on LSL with Ethan. He, it, it's a lot of we and us on LSL. Yeah, right. And then he just yeah. goes full on uh, BBZ – Big Blue Zach over there. It's it's a good. Got to know good your one. audience, man. Got to know your audience. Well, eh, yeah. So what are, what do we think this team like? What would be? I mean, I think we're past the point of calling anything like success, but like, at what point? Other than the Duke game, like I said, they're winnable. Do the, the Kenny Payne conversation? I think is over. But can we say? Well, like, I mean, but like I say oh, that, and, and I'm. I, I understand what you're saying. And I, that's the concern I would have is I don't want them to – like you've seen bad NFL teams do this where they'll win a couple games late in the year and they'll ruin their draft stock. I don't want Louisville fans to necessarily look at the end of the year and just say, okay, this is the beginning of something. Like I think we have Well, I mean, Josh than- Hurd told you it said he's not into moral victories. So if they – again, it's all hypotheticals. As you've pointed out, it's got to be more than one game sample size on that. Yeah. Because I, I think it should be applauded for the performance last night. You saw a great career night from Brandon Huntley-Hadfield, which Kenny Payne keeps saying he wants more and more from. Tyler Johnson doing great, great things with a depleted, depleted, injured team. Uh, so you, you got what you needed from only eight guys playing on that. So I, I think it should be applauded for the performance last night, but the overall 
pitcher of in the KP experiment, that is going to be fascinating to me in the next couple of weeks to see yeah. if this can be built upon and I think, kind of see the writing on the wall if it is not built upon. Yeah, we need to see more evidence that this isn't a one-off or that this wasn't something that's, I don't want to use the word fluke because it wasn't a fluke. They went out and played great, but we need to see it more consistently before we really the conversation really is all that different beyond let's celebrate that they won last night let's celebrate the fact that they played great and that needs to be pointed out but we need to see more before we talk about the state of the program overall because one game doesn't make a program yeah and I still gave up 92 points which on a lot of nights is probably going to get you beat um which you know that's been the issue all year they just haven't really been able to to figure it out on the defensive end of the floor and um you know fouling notwithstanding last night not quite able to but um definitely a step in the right direction and yeah i don't know what it means big picture but it last night it was not a huge crowd at the yum center but everyone there really the lower bowl looked good it got uh pretty loud um as loud as i've heard it this year as uh, things were rocking and rolling there in the first half and down the stretch a lot of people did bail out a little early and probably saved themselves a good 20 minutes by leaving with two I, minutes I, the game. but i appreciate that cannot uh, cannot blame them there but you know it, people were into it and it was kind of cool uh there was a lot of energy in the building as as tyler johnson was was sort of igniting that and um yeah, that was that was really cool, but but that's ultimately what's going to be one of the deciding things, right? Like if you can keep playing like this and people start to come to the building to see it, that's where you start to have a different conversation. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They go to Syracuse on Wednesday, and then they're back home. Uh, next weekend to play Georgia Tech, so we'll see if um, we'll see if they can put together another good performance at the Dome on Wednesday, and then maybe start to have a few more people show up. And I think that is where the conversation uh, would start to we'll change. shift a little bit. Yes, yeah, from, yeah, it, it, it kind of takes a bit off the hot seat on Be, some of those and they things. They did get a bump in the attendance with I think it was Pitt after they played after they beat Miami. Is that right? I think it was the I think yeah, Pitt, I think so. They did get an attendance boost that day, and then. It kind of went back. It went back. So, it again, as we've said, I we need to see more and more of this. And as somebody points out on the text on it, another factor of this, and I hate going zero to this, but just, uh, you know, just to play devil's advocate because I feel like a lot of things have been said in absolutes on these airwaves. And it's just, I just want to not zig when others zag, but just kind of see what the other side of that conversation is there. Somebody pointing out UPS Jobs text on 437-9680, talking about keeping KP another year based on the performance. He still has zero recruits for next season. Very true. And that's something. Thing. Um, who is saying this win changes anything? No, I, I'm just saying Josh Hurd has said if they get positive deposits and not, it, it, you would imagine this is a deposit. There's still a lot of uh, debt in the in the little old piggy bank that you got to make up for. But uh, again, I, I just think I, I'm just coming in from the standpoint of we're just speaking in absolutes like it's well done. No, no question asked. And then Eric Crawford, who talked with Josh Hurd about, what, a week ago at Grandmire Hall after some of the Board of Trustees and Athletic Department meetings. Like, these are some of the things that he said, look, we're not into moral victories. We need to see some more deposits. And this is a deposit. We need to see more of this. The Clemson game wasn't a deposit. The Virginia game prior to that wasn't a deposit. And it's still going to historically be a bad, bad record. We're pointing out the positive of this, but also acknowledging kind of the um, the, the – 
I know he didn't use the, the phrase right, the elephant in the room, that they're mounting losses and there's no one at the yum setter. So those are some of the issues that he is going to have to overcome. And I'm just curious as we talk about, oh, the next coach is going to have Brandon Huntley Hatfield or, or Tyler Johnson. Do we know that for sure? Like that's no, yeah, exactly. No in a day and age of just the transfer portal and NIL, you don't know any of that. You have no clue. Um, but the thing about the recruiting class for next year. Um, I, Which one? You, you don't. You're, I mean, if you do keep these guys, you're not going to have a lot of spots to fill. We've talked about that. How young they are. I mean, KP said how young this team is. Theoretically speaking, you won't have a ton of spots to fill. I think that's why you don't have um, a, a lot of players in the fold. So I, I think that's a little bit of a, an unfair criticism because, I mean, you just may not have a lot of spots to fill. Now, if Dennis Evans can't play anymore at all, then obviously that changes the calculus a little bit. And Karan Davis, but we're also, <clears throat> excuse me, we're also in an era, and, and Jeff Walls has talked about this, uh, because of NIL and, and, um, and, and the transfer portal, uh, I, I don't know that you can have a big roster. Like, I don't think you can have a... 14, 15 guys player roster <laughs> because yes because um, everybody wants to play right now and if you if you don't play right now they're going to transfer so um, it's 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 an interesting time to try to put together a roster in college basketball I think on, on a lot of levels. We got a couple pieces of sound that we can play. I know we got a caller on there too so maybe we can get to him first and we'll play some. Sure. Uh, Paul Rogers on with KP and Jody uh, post game last night so who was up first did you say Zach? It's Joe. It's Joe oh Joe. Course. A cup of Joe. How are you Joe? Hey I'm ready to hit that Mexican restaurant I'll tell you that right now a lot of a lot of cervezas but make a long story short uh Congrats to two coaches, Kenny and Coach Davenport. I watched the winning play for Bellarmine. Jack Grossman uh, right behind the bench. How about that? They were in the Atlanta area. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful play! And and, and then poor souls down in Georgia. I think they they went for therapy after the uh, that shot went in. They uh, they they probably I can't say it, Uh, but. But then to Kenny, a a tremendous victory. Uh, Kenny will be back next year. You know it, and I know it. But at least he had one good moment last night. So, make a long story short, uh, I watched a gymnastics meet on Friday. UK's having a pretty good year in that sport. And, gentlemen, they were down at Alabama. And, and we ain't had a perfect 10 in, since 1996. Well, we've had three perfect 10s this year. And, and our best gymnasts had a perfect 10 down at uh, Alabama, University of Alabama. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you get a 10 in gymnastics. You would think a few of their fans might have stood up and applauded the young lady. I don't think one fan down there in Alabama, this is how cutthroat gymnastics is in the SEC, stood up and applauded this young lady. I mean, it, it was it was it was almost surreal. I mean, to have ten thousand people pulling against you, and this girl gets a perfect ten, and not one of them had the gumption to get up and maybe applaud the young lady. That's cutthroat. That's cutthroat competition in, in, in gymnastics. But long story short, Coach County to get the eye of the cat back. You know, we had Carl Weathers died. I, I thought about the Rocky movie when when he took uh, Rocky and got dad of the of the Tiger back. We need we need somebody to grab our coach and take him down to a high school and and, and look at the eyes of these young players and get the eye of the cat back. Because right now our head coach ain't got nothing going for him when it comes to other than draft night. And we'll have we'll have a great draft night. We'll have a couple go in the lottery, and that will be our big huh. uh, basketball season probably. <laughs> 
Joe, enjoy the cervezas, my friend. Uh, we'll go to Zach Cantrell with uh, the ribbon dancing updates uh, coming up at, at Balance Beam. Can't wait. It just means more. So It does just mean more. I mean... But no, it's the greatest thing that Kentucky's had the last couple of years is when they tout, you know, how many guys they've had drafted. Like, I, that's great. How about we defend some people? You know, three straight games okay. allowing we're, we're 94 not, we're, more. We'll get to, we'll the get to that. Easy, Zach. Seven. Easy. <laughs> I, I love, my buddy, I have a couple, I have a couple Kentucky media buddies, as you know. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they, it's head scratching to them how upset people get about, like, the Kentucky promoting the, like, seven NBA All-Stars. And I, I, I've seen it out. Like, I understand. Oh, they should. Y- yeah, but like. It's the ultimate recruiting tool. Of course. It is. Oh, I thought you were saying they should be upset. Like, people no, should no, be upset no, about no. it. Okay, okay. I, I'm in agreement no, with but, you no, then. But Promote I, the hell I, out of it. I completely understand why people are upset, too. I didn't. Well, we I, always talk about how random. The t- we'll get to Kentucky. We'll, we'll have this discussion. That. We, there's some meat on the bone with I that. Uh, it was a late one last night. I know a lot of people probably didn't get to hear all this, but we got a couple. Actually, I didn't cut it up. So we're just going right. to keep our mics up on that. How about uh, here, Taylor staying up past his bedtime? I know. For the I, well, the moment he tweeted out 11 p.m. for that, I was like, brother, you are you just jinxed yourself with that. Just say yeah. after Alex White network coverage, he got the Coors Light postgame show for that. But here's a. Uh, they yeah. didn't get on till like midnight. I don't know. Uh, it was Probably closer to eleven twenty ish or that, so. Yeah, because we got done with ours at about eleven forty five midnight. I couldn't tell if they had started or not. I think they did. But. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, here was uh, KP with Paul Rogers and Jody Dimley post game. Here's what he had to say after the big win inside tell the yum. You or ask you, I, I feel like in, in watching you coach this team and talking with you that you kind of felt like this was this team had this within them. And to see it flourish like that tonight must be a really rewarding thing for you personally to see. It is. It's, it's one of the things that you enjoy about coaching is to see young people and identify what their chemistry, what their DNA is as a team. And for them to go out, and it wasn't perfect, Paul, by no stretch of the imagination, but to see them go out and attack a team, to see them um, rally behind Tyler and the way Tyler played when there was – Nothing that led to thinking that Tyler would go out and get 27, 11, and 6. Who would ever think that? But it's why you don't give up on guys. But not only Tyler, you know, Trey White, who was struggling offensively, struggling all over. But in the the grips of the game, when it was nut-cutting time, when you either hang or you die, he had seven rebounds. He had big stops. He played great defense. That's a winning basketball player. We need him to understand that one game you have 29 and 14, the next game you are impacting the game by rebounding. Well, I was impressed with the fact that he only took two shots. It yes. wasn't like he said, I got to get my 29 now, again. He'll blame me for those two <laughs> shots, but that's okay. Yeah, but but the um, other guys were well, the guys the other were guys playing. Doing the yeah. And Mike James and, and, and Curtis, they played well. Um, I wish they was a little bit more under control, a little more poised, but this is how you learn. This is why experience is the best teacher Kenny a Florida State team that's very athletic they like to switch a lot they do a lot you you, you were attacking you were getting to the basket you were doing what you wanted seven dunks tonight is different than what you have been that was the biggest thing wasn't it is the attack mode it was good that uh for me like it's a basketball player's game where the other team the way they defend don't allow you to run your plays so execution game goes out the window this is strictly space the floor have great spacing get downhill and attack them 
I thought we did that. I thought we did that from four and five positions at one time. Like, Brandon was in dribble drive and created, went down the lane with a left-hand layup off the glass. That's the way I see this team being the type of team that put defenses on their heels and share the ball with each other. Sometimes people have asked, what is it you're running? What's your specific plan? And I think that is your plan, that a, a, a sort of, I don't say freelancing, but a, but an instinctive and reaction type of offense that can perform under this kind of pressure. Because we've seen Florida State make it difficult for teams a no lot No question. Of they're they're going to make it difficult for a lot of teams because they're denying. Um, they deny elbows. They sit on top of people on, on the elbow across the free throw line. One time we got a lob over the top. Uh, Coach Manning saw it and said, Coach, run this play. They throw it over the top. We did it. We got a layup. Brandon dunked the ball. Um, We made good reads at times. We made great passes at times. We put them on their heels. Um, It was a good game for us to come out and and get. KP with uh, Paul Rogers and Jody Demling uh, on 93 Dying the Ville via Learfield. Good stuff there. Somebody on the text I'm pointing out, don't even do the straw man third year debate. Is it done, Baker? This is like the third show in the last week you've tried to pretend like it's still up in the air on KP. It's not. All I'm saying to this, and again, there's people around these stations that is a lot more connected than I am. This is not a slight at them at all. You've gotten that from everybody for the most part, a good portion of everyone here. And I'm just telling you, like speaking in absolutes on some of these things as if it is like they know and what's inside Josh Hurd's mind and the board of trustees and the president I'm just healthy dialogue. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaning with that texter, and I feel like it is there. I mean, what I've said with Ethan is like, I'm right there with you. It's still historically bad. But again, what is the conversation if there's momentum going into the next season? Well, That's all I'm asking. You'd have to see a lot. This was one game, as we've talked about. And, and you know, we've seen bursts of this, but it's been a lot of times in the second half trying to dig out of a hole that they, they can't get out of. Um, so... I don't know. It, it it's it it could become a conversation if they could put together an, another one against it's all Syracuse and then it'd be another right. one against Georgia Tech. Um, right now, it's one game, and you take that for what it is. And it was a really nice win against the team that uh, entered last night in the number four spot in the ACC standings, uh, and a team that had a week to get ready for the game, and you were able to to take them down um, and and do it in a way that really energized the crowd in the building and do it in a way that saw uh, Tyler Johnson do something that's never been done in the history of Louisville basketball and um, on the men's side. And, and we saw Brandon Hundley Hatfield just continue to be um, the, the force he's been this season. And I think those are all great things. It's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, carry this momentum into Wednesday and find a way to, to go on the road and win in the Dome against a Syracuse team that's that's going to need one and a Syracuse team that I think is not defended well its last couple of games. So no, uh, you might been, have a chance to put up some points. Yeah, they're one of the worst defenses in the ACC. I think something that we haven't really talked a ton about, this game was aesthetically pleasing from a Louisville perspective to watch. Like, there have been games that it's a tough watch because of their shot selection, because of turnovers. They flowed pretty well yesterday. They were able to get quality shots. They took the ball to the basket. Now, it's hard to say a game was completely aesthetically pleasing when there's 80 free throws, but the way that Louisville played was aesthetically pleasing, and that hasn't always been the case. And that's the kind of game that if we got more consistently – 
people would be more willing to work with Kenny Payne. They would be 10 or 11 wins by now, and that you could say, okay, there's definitely marked improvement out of this squad. And I think this game just kind of symbolizes the frustration that this fan base has had, and that is, why can't you do this all year? Why can't you do this against the teams you're supposed to beat? Why can't you win, I don't know, If you had Syracuse's record at 14-8, and people would be not happy but living with that yeah, the exactly. problem is yeah, is you're seven and 15 on the year you're not going to the tournament yet again and it's the, there's that that's ultimately what's out there if you were in a damon stoudemire or uh you yeah. know adrian autry situation or, or micah shrewsbury situation to you're where zero it, yeah <laughs> year half <laughs> allegedly it's the blip well but I mean, those Dave, are some Dave of the things stoudemire has beaten carolina and duke yes he like, has yeah. Big wins. So. You, you need to see more of that there. Uh, somebody telling you, Nick, shut up. Uh, even in a win, I hate hearing that man's voice. Someone saying they can't hear it. That's on me. Apologies. Uh, on that front, uh, you are wrong. There's at least four open scholarships. That's if everyone returns uh, yeah, coming but down there. You, I'm telling you, you might have open scholarship spots. It doesn't mean you're going to fill them all. In this day and age... That's the trend. You I got something from SVP that I'm going to play uh, before what else is going on. Just kind of about everything and then the state of just NIL and the transfer portal and just uh, Boston College's head coach saying, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm going to uh, be the coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. So that's something that we could dive into to uh, spill. Yeah, I've got some thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Well, there's, we, a, there's a lot of coaches that are done with this. I mean, we just saw Nick Saban retire. Well, yeah. Then you saw what was it? The North Alabama or, or South Alabama guy. That South Alabama, d- yeah. D- yeah, to be a coordinator. Yeah, to be a coordinator yeah. at Alabama, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is a better job than head coach at South Alabama. Yeah, uh, stat of the night last night: Louisville hasn't led at a half for any of its first ten ACC games. The last time they had a halftime lead was December seventeenth against Pepperdine. Hmm. Led at the half last night. Yeah, that reverses the trend that we've seen out of them all season. Is they come out flat and. Good for them. They didn't do that. They took whatever effort they channeled in the second half against Clemson, and they decided, let's do that from the jump, and let's not get down by 20 and have to fight back. So give them credit for and, that. And, and I agree with this texture, too. If a few more wins somehow got him a third year, then the standard has immediately been lowered. Completely agree with that. Correct. Again, it doesn't matter what the three of us are saying. I'm just talking about through the mind of Josh Hurd in yeah, the athletic be- department. Because the, the thing you can't have um, is to be – to Paul with Tony Stubblefield this year, where he did get a third year, and you ultimately fired him. In the, yeah, mid-year. midway through the year, you decided it wasn't going to work, and you had to let him go. Yeah, you, you that that's obviously, you know, you, you don't want you don't want that to happen. No, and that's that's ultimately where I am of thinking like it's not going to happen. But I've just been think I've just been hearing so many absolutes as if like it's done. There's nothing that he can do to do it. And I'm just curious what the, the conversation was. Just putting it out there. It's a positive day. We're not going zero to that. Positive com. radio. Positive radio here. There was a big win. You had some career days with that as Kelly Dickey pointed out all there. Don't worry. We'll talk some Kentucky coming up in hour number two. We got a couple more pieces of sound that we can play from the post game show uh, with with Paul and Jody. Yeah, let me do that because he had a good one. I think it was in the, in the clip uh, two for that, but here's what he had to say post game with shot Kenny Payne. Over 50% tonight, but neither team shot very well from three, but you were 54%, they were 52%. Um, but I, I wouldn't say, you know, there's always going to be a few defensive lapses here and there, but I didn't think you played poor defense tonight. It was no, a good offensive did. game by both teams. Yeah, I thought, you know, when I look at the three pointers and I think about the shots that we got from three. A lot of them were wide open. Oh, they were. They were wide open. And, um, 
We just got to shoot the ball with confidence and continue to believe that we're going to make it. But not get away from why are we difficult to guard because we attack you. We have to understand what that means, and we got to get ball movement, continue to get ball movement into drives. Kenny, two of the bigger plays of the game. Florida State made a little bit of a run towards the end of the half. Tyler gets the back tip and then goes down the little dish to, to Brandon for the dunk. And then you get a steal, and you come down the floor, and he does the behind-the-back pass to Brandon for a dunk. But they were two good offensive plays, but they both started on the defensive end. They started, and, and that's one of the things that we talk about constantly is we want our defense to initiate our transition baskets. Uh, we want to get stops. We want to get steals. We want to be disciplined on the ball. We don't just want to gamble because we know what that means. If Tyler gambles, he fouls, or it's five on four. But we want to be solid, disciplined defensively, and if there's opportunities for us to get steals, get them, get out in transition and get easy baskets. Uh, Kenny, you can't see it. There's a TV monitor in front of Jody and me, and Jody, it looked like you were doing a play-by-play. They were showing that very play as you described <laughs> it <laughs> to Kenny a minute ago. Cardinals getting the win, 101-92. to uh, Kenny, you, they actually had more turnovers than you did tonight, and uh, the way they pressure people, that, that's got to be um, encouraging to you. Well, I, I hope that we can continue to build on it. I want them to feel what it felt like in this game to get people to turn the ball over and be that aggressive here going out for the rest of the way. Um, don't just be in the stands, in the in the lanes, and letting people run their offense and pass the ball anywhere they want to go. That's not how you <laughs> – the aggressor is going to win. The aggressors are going to win. You just have to be disciplined when you're aggressive. We can talk about all the numbers. 29 for Brandon Haney, Hatfield, 27 for Tyler. Four guys over 15 points. The one guy, though, you look down there, Zan doesn't score. He plays seven minutes, draws a huge foul in that first half, and is plus 15. He did some things in those seven or eight minutes, and you were in foul trouble that really kept things steady. You know, I'm, I'm proud of my son. I love him. Um, I love what he has done for us so far. One of the things, Jody, that, that really I don't talk about a lot, my son has been around basketball at a high level and seen a lot. He really understands the game, and he knows his role, and he comes in, and he fights. That's all I'm asking this team to do. And if I got a player, whether it's my son or not, and he comes in and gives me three, four, five minutes of fighting defense, and, and plays hard and plays inspirationally, I'm good. Like, So yeah. I know his mom is really happy, <laughs> but um, he's done a good job. He got a huge tip, too. And he- that last clip was for you, Sofero. Uh, there you go, uh, KP, on with Paul Rogers and Jody Demling. Via Learfield over on 93.9 The Ville. Sorry, I'm not clipping that up, but I know uh, since we have that over on 93.9, we should uh, definitely play that. I know those guys do good work on that. It was a late one last night, too, so I know not everyone got to hear that. It was definitely a late one. It got even later with the way the game played out. 80 free throws, a billion fouls, but uh, a nice win. And all those things, very important. Able to force turnovers. Like, that's the other thing. If you're not going to be able to defend well and stay in front of the other team or guard pick and rolls or whatever, if you can at least force some turnovers, you give yourself a chance. And Louisville was able to do that last night. They, you know, Florida State still shot it very well for the game, but uh, but the Cards forced some turnovers, and that's 
That was a difference. What did you all make of Joe Lenardi doing live hits yesterday from his... I mean, uh, it's gross. It's, it's February 3rd. Yesterday. Yeah, but, it, but this is kind of the tip-off for college basketball season for the rest of I the know, country. No, that's, like, that's but, next week. I, no, it's no, this it, week. It, it, it's it it's is, the gap. It is this week. Carolina, but, I mean, did you see the slate yeah, yesterday? Carolina it's did, the gap yeah. because everyone's calendar is, is set to the NFL yeah, playoff games and whatnot. Like, it's just, it's so insulting for people who actually follow college basketball. I, I think, think I was more go, upset how his oversized AirPods. I think just, that's yeah, the thing uh, that upset me. The, but, just, but just to go straight to the here's what a seed here's what seed they are and if they win they they stay if not they fall out of the like yeah but relax. don't insult like we still got a month yeah plus of games left it's late this year too of course it is yeah we have over like, a month now it, it's just um yeah like i don't know it, like Joe, i get it get i some guess sleep. Get, i guess that's get what, some wi-fi and a decent camera in your bunker and then just you know that then come back to us you need to be the groundhog I, I and just go back in, in your little hole i guess that's what like the casual national college basketball fan uh, maybe once and when you continue to cut people because you're hemorrhaging money um, who there it is. largely cover college basketball that's what you're going to get sort of trimmed down it's, to. and that's where they are it's bothered me and I've said this all the time as, as we have the ESPN app up all the time this is where I'll go on my programming rant they have so much college basketball on the ESPN app. if they just did like a digital only thing and I know probably not the best week outside of our boy Jackie Grossman but for the field of 68 if they just did something like that consistently just on the app alone or ESPN Plus, I feel like people would eat that up. But again, I know we're in the top college basketball market and we're probably not speaking to the masses because uh, the NFL and college football drives the bus everywhere else. And but then the NBA as well. Not as much as the NFL and college. Not even close. But, but they're, they're even making like with, I think, with they're kind of seen the spillage over from the writer strike uh and now that's why they're putting a lot of the nba games on abc throughout the week yeah. which they hadn't done in the they past those Wednesday used, ABC yeah th- those used to be esp at properties on we're getting way too broadcasting nerdy <laughs> for that uh but look i, I think um look we, we've talked about in the past the different buckets of how you can evaluate them feel good win played great made history for tyler johnson guys like daryl griffith and purvis ellison and, and russ smith hadn't done that as rick bozich pointed out in there and look i, I want to be transparent I I don't think any of those hypotheticals I was putting out there was happening. But I'm just saying that when you say it with such conviction over and over again, it's just, we, you know, everybody thought that Scott Satterfield wasn't go, it was going to be let go after the first go around. Remember, like when it would nearly bit a booty and it apparently blocked it with Vince tirade and all that stuff. And I'm no, just not, saying not I, everybody thought that. Yeah. Oh, the masses. I know you didn't. Sorry. Okay. He, he, he was he was Nick was pointing himself. He's like, I didn't. I, but a well, lot no, of people I mean, out there thought I just it was think it was ever really going to happen. Right. But, OK, this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but there, there's been things out there that I mean, this is, it, this m- is way different. Way from, yeah, different. The record, yes. you're historically yes. bad. But just for conversation dialogues there because again you know four or five shows, you know, they're saying the same thing over and over. I want you to think a little bit differently. Do yeah, the James I mean, Strebel uh, effect a little bit and I, talk? Are the pyramids rule or not? Two six seven nine oh six boy. eighty. I, if you, if they can continue to string performances like this together, there will be some sort of a conversation. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, well, maybe the Clemson second half was the great starting point, and and last night was uh, carrying it over to seeing it through to to a big win. 
267-9680 is the phone number. If you want to interact with us on Twitter, it's at ESPN680. He's Nick Curran35. I'm Phil underscore underscore Baker. Zach is your boy ZC. It's, I, I saw our buddy Adam at Wing Zone. He was saying he was a ah. big fan of the banter on this show uh, occasionally. And I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry for that. But yeah. uh, be sure to stop by and see our buddy Adam and company over off uh, Papua Level over by the zoo for the big game next week. Also, be sure to say what's up to our buddy George and company at their new location on Market. Uh, they got the heart-shaped pizza's getting you set for ah, Valentine's Day at about you know it's uh, here. Oh, 10 yeah. days. So, you know, it's uh, sneaking up on you. And you got a big one tomorrow night. When do you fly out? Uh, 3 o'clock. Oh, today. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could have done the show from home. I mean... You're already here, but I mean, that doesn't really help you now. I, I mean, you could make it today. Yeah, big, I know. Big, I just feel bad big for Big Monday you. tomorrow night. 7 o'clock. Cards in NC State. The 5th ranked Wolfpack. The play for K game. Uh... That's where it originated at NC State, the the pink game for them. It's going to be a, a sellout crowd at uh, Reynolds Coliseum, and um, see what happens. Big game, certainly. Cards are uh, first place in the ACC, eight and one at the halfway mark of league play, nineteen and three overall. Got a really nice win against twenty uh, first ranked Syracuse on Thursday night, and um, played with a lot of character to get that win and. Um, just a, a a big night from Nyla Harris, 18 points and 14 rebounds. She continues to get better and better as a sophomore. Kiki Jefferson has kind of emerged as, as maybe the, the Cards' go-to option on offense with 21 points on Thursday and uh, a, a top another top 25 win and uh, trying to – this is a stretch where they could, if everyone stays in the top 25, play four – straight ranked teams which has never happened in regular season history of uh, louisville women's basketball so definitely a tough uh stretch of schedule on the road in raleigh tomorrow night uh the wolfpack i think has won four straight against louisville so trying to uh snap that and we'll see what happens a very good nc state team that uh, has surprised some people they were picked eighth in the league going into the year and uh well they're they're seven and two right there uh in the thick of it ranked fifth in the country they've had a tremendous year and then after that regardless of the outcome not much time to turn it around louisville on thursday night hosts notre dame six o'clock at the kfc yum center hoping a bunch of people can make it out for that Uh, it's become a a great rivalry top 15 notre dame team so that will be a big time game back here at home of course you'll hear them on 93.9 the bill and uh, be able to watch tomorrow night's game on espn2 i think the uh, the thursday night game can't remember if that's espn or espn2 but keep it uh, locked on 93.9 the bill in the espn louisville app. Yeah, large, large games large stretch of games coming up and a really good win on thursday uh, to kick off this stretch and uh, we'll see if the cards can back it up tomorrow night against a, a very tough opponent in a tough environment on the road uh, reminder we got you covered for the nfl pro bowl game i know the basses want to be locked into that that's on all sticks espn 680 105.7 and 93.9 the bill starting at three o'clock uh, we're due for a break on the other side we talk kentucky and Tennessee. We got some what else is going on to close out the show on your sports station, ESPN 680 105.7. Welcome back to the Sunday Morning Hangover on your sports leader, ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. Yo, yo what's up, son? What's up, kid? What's going on, kid? Yo, man, I'm just doing my thing. Man, 
south side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the go to. Low goose, only way I begin the GO was drug. Our number two of the Sunday morning hangover here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Thanks for being with us. Zachy C, Zach Cantrell, Phil Baker, I'm Nick Curran. Fun first hour talking cards, making people mad in some instances. Eh, just some open dialogue. Too negative, too positive. What's just right? That just means you're doing a good job if you're getting it on both sides, right? Uh, Save that. What do you know about yeah. getting it on both sides, Zachy C? <laughs> I know nothing about that at all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I started I there's anything to wrong with step it. on. I tried to back, but I don't think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do we have? Is that Eric? Yeah, that's on the line. Okay, uh, we should probably take Eric's call, and then we'll jump into Kentucky talking about sure. the, the cats and the balls uh, last night at Rupp Arena. By the way, the other day, 30th anniversary of that uh, Wu Tang song coming out, so that will make okay. you feel old. How about that? It uh, doesn't make me feel old at all. You never you should, probably the first time I've ever heard it. Two six seven nine six eighty is the phone number. Four three seven nine six eighty the UPS Jobs text line. Oh, Zach, you see, I could see him at, what was it, FYE, just listening to Wu-Tang as a young, uh, you know, 10-year-old or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. All right, let's go to Eric and see right. what he has to say. Eric, how are you? Happy uh, Sunday morning here on SMH. Happy Sunday to y'all. How's everybody doing today? Good. Great. Man, I tell you what, you know, it's a very interesting discussion um, with men's basketball. And look, as a Louisville fan... I'm always going to want them to win. And I think that we have a lot of talent on this team, and I always felt like we had more talent last year than four wins. So I guess the question I'm saying is, let's say we keep winning, show improvement from last year, maybe even win a game or two in the ACC tournament. Is there a scenario where Kenny Payne stays the third year? I'm uh, I'm operating as if no, but again, no one knows what Josh heard is uh, the ultimate, the judge, the jury, and the executioner in that sense. You know, Zach seemed like he feels like that not you know the decision's already been made. But uh, when I think of insiders, I think of Zach EC, BBZ. <laughs> I'm kidding, Zach. That was a slight at you. I apologize. Because I don't know either but, uh, for what it's worth. No, I don't think anyone really does. That's it. You know, that's just, it's, it's really, what is it, goes close to the vest, tight-lipped with, with all of this. Um, so, we'll just, I guess we'll just have to see. You know, we're we're heading, we're getting close to March. And by the way, I want to interject real quick, because the people that, like, have been crushing Josh Hurd just to play devil's advocate, isn't this what you wanted? Remember, how how upset were people getting when Matt Jones had all these moles inside oh, there? Oh, for sure. And Absolutely. Ha- so now, you don't know what Josh Hurd's thinking. This is what you've been clamoring for, right? No, this is great. I mean, yes, I think this is the best way possible just, to go at things. Just, it's always, know, I mean, I've been consistent on that. I know uh, that misses me because that's not been my attitude about it. But, yeah, I think this is the best way to operate anything, especially... When there hasn't been a move made, like you can't really be too out there with anything. I think he's done a perfect just, job. Just putting that out there. Just know the people that are for Tom Jurich and company, it's like, well, Tom Jurich apparently couldn't 
ha- stop the moles and everything from getting out and how upset people used to get for the Matt Jones mole that was out there, which I'm, I'm kind of like that circle's dwindling a little bit from who I think it could have been all those years ago. But that's a discussion in my tell all book for another <laughs> yeah. day. <laughs> and then, Nick, what about the women's team? Man, they're looking good. I, I, I tell you, it's it's a multi-pronged attack, and it, I, I've said it, it's very reminiscent of the 75 men's team and the 86 men's team where you just had so many different players that could, you know, have a big game for you, not just not just uh, one. But uh, it's so NC State – any word like I, that? You think it's going to be sold out down there, or I mean, it's, it's oh yeah, it's going to be. I think it will be sold out. It's the pink game. It's it's the pink game. Like um, obviously, K. Al oh. uh, coached at NC State, and and this is um, this is where you know all the play for K stuff kind of originated. So um, they do it big. I think we've been there for it before. Uh, I fully expect it to be a sold-out crowd. It is going to be a packed-in environment. And, um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be uh, a big test. The fifth-ranked team in the country on the road in, in that atmosphere. Um, we'll see what happens. But it should be a heck of a game tomorrow night. And then Notre Dame Thursday. It'd be awesome to have the upper level starting to get seats uh, for that game. But I'm excited, man. I was – it's, it's like March Madness, but it's February because these are big games, you know, with, with major implications in terms of seating and, and whatnot. And, you know, Louisville, uh, we're number one in the ACC, and I I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, also, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. You know, he, it, it, you know, Rocky, of course, was based on Chuck Wetner fighting against Muhammad Ali, but a lot of the Carl Weathers character in the original Rocky had a lot of the, you know, the Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali characteristics. So, um, definitely going to be missed. He, uh, he, didn't he play for the Houston, Houston Oilers football? Yeah. He played as a, yeah. as a linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. So predator Chubbs, happy Gilmore arrested development. The Mandalorian, my man was all over the place. We got some stuff for him for what else is going on. But uh, and then spring spring practice is going to start. Not well, we're getting sort of close, but uh, definitely getting close to Louisville baseball. I've been listening to Coach McDonald. He's been on some of the shows talking, and uh, it's going to be. I'm looking forward to this year. I'm really expecting a good good year this year for baseball. Your home over on 93.9 The Ville, Eric. As always, appreciate the call, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great week, and I'm looking forward to talking about the prop bets next week. Oh, yeah. We'll Love the prop those. bets. Love the props. Will Travis Kelsey propose? Remind me to tell you about Thanks, a bad Eric. beat story that happened um, when you talk about the Involving West. Involving a proposal? Uh, no, just okay. me just missing out on uh, some massive uh, moolah. But, okay. uh, well, well, yeah, no one really about cares right. about that, but you'll appreciate this for just the gambling chats that are out there. Uh, we for- do have to have Carl Weathers talk later. Oh, we yeah. Have to talk- I told Nick. On Friday, I'm like, we got to do a V-show poll. Most iconic Char- Carl Weathers role. Because there's like four or five of them you could easily He'll get to with. that in a couple weeks. Yeah, probably. It'll be uh, on the year anniversary. 437 <laughs> is the UPS Jobs text line. Nick Kern, Zachy C., Phil Baker, 7th highest rated sports talk show. On Sundays during a highly competitive 10 to noon time slot. Uh, let's talk Kentucky and Tennessee. That was a fun one last night. I know Zachy C. was on the post-game show. Um... And, yeah, so just kind of takeaways from that. No DJ Wagner. Cal saying without DJ Wagner, this team isn't going to um, win. And, and, well, 
can I say also? Yes. It, people were calling for DJ Wagner to be benched earlier this year in favor of Reed Shepard. Um, he's very important to this team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a coincidence they've lost these last couple of games with DJ Wagner out. They've lost all three that he's been out because he was out versus Wilmington. Too. Right. And they still shouldn't have lost that they one. They should but, not have. But, but the last two, uh, I mean, listen, Rob Dillingham was great, but mm-hmm. uh, you you need – like DJ Wagner is the guy that can get to the rim off the bounce – Whenever and they needed that last night. They, they, uh, you know, they hit threes, but Tennessee was able to match them in threes. They they needed somebody who could get to the rim. Uh, they needed somebody. Obviously, Kentucky hasn't been a great defensive team all year. We've talked a, a lot about that, but um, they needed somebody who maybe could have offered a little bit more resistance. And I think maybe DJ could have been that guy. I, I think they just need him on the floor. Um, and and he hasn't been the last couple of games, and and we've seen the result. Yeah, the last couple of games have not been great defensively for Reed Shepard. He's hit some shots, and he played great against Florida on Tuesday, but just an inexplicable mistake of you know worrying more about the backdoor cut up three than worrying about Walter Clayton getting open for yet another three, which that, that's a defensive breakdown all the way around. But DJ Wagner, I think the, these last two games have showed his importance because he is probably their best perimeter defender. He can take the ball to the basket, and they don't really have that guy without him being out there. And let's just be honest, if Rob Dillingham doesn't have the kind of game he had last night where he's uh, 35 points, he's making a ton of threes, this game's a blowout. This is a 20 Oh, I mean, blowout. outside of he and Reed Shepard, it felt like Reed Shepard was kind of having an off game. And, and yeah. if it wasn't and for... And then he ends up like, yeah, six, so, yeah. like 16 he on 4 played, of 7, 3. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't bad. But the, the like Dillingham's not a great defender either. No. And, and, that's, and that's one of the problems My, with... Like, mm-hmm. he... You could watch. I went back. I, I watched this game obviously on DVR because I was at the Louisville game, and um, like going back and rewinding a couple of times when they would set screens off the ball. Um, there were some times where Dillingham got lost. Yeah, and and I, I know Tennessee runs some good stuff, and that's been sort of the Rick Barnes mo. Uh, but but it, it just. You know, they, they haven't been a good defensive team. And without D.J. Wagner, I think they're an even worse defensive team. And we've seen the result the last two years. We talk about the randomness of March. And just, look, Cal has been extremely successful while it's there. And I know it's not up to the Kentucky standard. in reason, But at some point, like we say this about at a much lower standard uh, with Kenny Payne. And at what point does it come to like turning the page and, and getting the wins? At what point with the Cal experiment, with everything that's transpired from years prior, and it's still a good season, but it, right now trending in the wrong direction well, I, with some injuries. But. I, I was really confident about this team being a second weekend team. I'm losing it a little bit because... Defensively, it's yeah, just... Yeah, I just... I thought, I thought they would come around defensively um, more than they have by now. And there's still time, as we talked about. There's still over a month left in the season, so it certainly could happen. And they do have good rim protectors in, in, uh, in, in a guy like Aaron Pradshaw. And obviously, uh, you got on Yenso has been really good. He had four more blocks last night. But, but they just have to be able to, to contain the ball a little bit um, because the- of what they have shot-blocking-wise. Uh, and and uh, to me, it just they're, they're not that far away because of what they have the ability to do with the rim. You, you have that, and it's such a luxury. Um, so I think they could still get there, but I, I honestly thought it would be there by now. Yeah. And, um, and, and yes, like their offense is good enough to win a national title. Their defense is 
um, bad enough to not make the tournament. Obviously, they're going to be in well, the tournament, but but I think like it, it just. I thought it would be a little further along. It's not, and uh, I, I'm worried. Like I was in love with a couple of those Iowa teams from a few years ago God. that just moved the ball. Like it of was course so, you were. It was so pretty how they played, and then uh, you know picked them to go to the Final Four, and then they were they were your Bo Ryan with Wisconsin to be my entire childhood. They're out in round one or round two, and I'm worried about that for this Kentucky team because it's so much fun to watch them play, uh, but but they've got to find a way to guard somebody. That's Kentucky is now trending. 102nd in the nation in adjusted defensive uh, efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Since 2001 to 2002, Kentucky's worst adjusted uh, defensive efficiency is 88th, and that was, drumroll please, the NIL. IT year. Yes, yeah. it was. So 2012. So, listen, so now they're at one. Oh, so just for clarity, they're now at they're at 102. The Nerlens Noel year, 88. The, the, they ain't, and it ain't getting any easier. Like they have to go to Vandy, and I know that's one that people can kind of laugh off. But Jerry Stackhouse, Brad Calipari the, on the scout for that one. This probably this was the time of year last year when he got that team to start playing well. They kind of surprised some people. I think they're going to give Kentucky an absolute battle. We'll see if Wagner can go in that one. And then they've got the random game against Gonzaga uh, God, coming in there. I always forget about yeah. that. Yeah, and Gonzaga is not typical Gonzaga this no, year. They're, they're, not. Border, they're, they're not a bubble same. team. but Well, they they could be. They got beat by St. Mary's last yeah. night, They too. don't have any quad one wins right now. So the thing about Kentucky is the switching is just a problem because what we're seeing every game is they're leaving wide open shooters. They're too worried about you know dribble drive, penetration. And how many times have we we see Tennessee just go to the basket and it was basically a layup line. Where's Aaron Bradshaw? Where's Onyenso? Where's the guy that's coming off of, you know, the defender or the the screen and just being able to, you know, contest the shot or block the shot? We're not seeing that over these last yeah. couple of games. And that's a major problem because they shy away from contact and I just Bradshaw's done it. Trey Mitchell's done it. You talk about a guy who's been a disappointment these last couple games. Trey Mitchell, you know, a guy that people have talked about all year. We've kind of gone on about him, about how he's maybe the most valuable player on this team. Well, yesterday he scored as many points as we did, and he didn't really do anything defensively to kind of make up for it. And unfortunately, as this as he goes, this team tends to go. And if we don't get a better performance out of Trey Mitchell, Kentucky's going to be out the first weekend. I thought that they've had the ceiling to be a Final Four national title contending team, and I still think they do. And I think they could win games 95-92. I still think that's out there for them. But is it going to surprise me if they're out the first weekend because they go up against an 11 seed that shoots the lights out and is coached by a veteran coach that knows what he's doing? No, it's not going to surprise me if that happens either. Kentucky has lost back-to-back games at home for only eight times in its history. Three of those have come in the last four years. That for from uh, Maddie Bangs, and I think our buddy Corey Price put this out there as well. First time UK has given up 100 in an SEC game since 1993. First time since any team interrupts since the infamous Billy Clyde versus BMI. BMI. Yes, I heard you guys talk about the post. And stumped you all on that one last night. I was like, I I think it's VMI, but I'm not 100% sure. And then I saw the Corey Price tweet uh, for that. Like, they... And the schedule's pretty... Like, going to Vandy, obviously it's a game you should win. I think that could be a tricky game. Gonzaga at home, a game you should win, but I think that could be a tricky game. Uh, Ole Miss, Auburn. Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU, They're an underdog in four games the rest of the way. The the good news and bad news is they have more quad one opportunities than any team left in the country. So they could boost that resume. Absolutely. Or they could have that resume drop like a rock. So which version of Kentucky are we getting? And that's what makes them fascinating. I don't know if we're getting the good version. They're, what, a projected 11.5-point underdog on the road against Auburn. And Auburn 
I think yesterday was their first quad one win of the season against Ole Miss when they were down 13 in the first half. So the 500 record is out there for this team. They're five and three in SEC play. There were people, you know, I thought maybe 15 and three was a realistic possibility for them the way that they played earlier in the year. And the North Carolina win continues to age like a fine wine because North Carolina is pretty good. But in SEC play, the defense has just not been good enough. And Antonio Reeves has been great, but he's been limited, you know, against A&M. They shut him down a little bit. Yesterday really wasn't much of an impact. But the big guys have to be better. You cannot have Bradshaw. Well, how's Onyeso Big Z just not points. in, like, in, yeah. at all? Like, after the, you know, the, the game that he had, I understand it's going to be I mean, kind of a sore pace, well, but I'm not saying he's got to be the, the diamond yeah, that is, I, is built around, but when other things aren't working. I don't know. I, I, um, I mean, I, they watch him practice every day. I, I don't know if he's playable yeah. against up-tempo teams. It I, just hasn't been the case. But well, I, I do think, like, they they have guys that can protect the rim. Um, for me, it's not about them. It's about ball containment. They've got to have their guards step mm-hmm. up and keep people in front of them, and I, I think DJ Wagner helps with that, so hopefully he's back uh, sooner than later. Um, but, like, Antonio Reeves dropped 21. He's not an issue. I mean, he was one of five from three. You're not going to hit all of them every game. But I, I just – there's just um, – the, the defensive end of the floor, they, they've got to figure it out. And um, we'll see if they can. Like like we've talked about, they have a lot of opportunities for uh, for, for big wins and, and to, to put it back. It's just crazy the roller coaster ride that this has been. Like it was Fire Cal last year. This year, earlier in the year, it was he's back. Swaggy Cal. And now we're back to like, oh, because now people are mad about talking about uh, the seven NBA All-Stars. Oh, and that's God. Sort of, it's just, it's very interesting. It, it, it's As funny the to world me, turns. Yeah, well, and our buddy Jack Grossman put this. I'll give him a follow on Twitter. Jack Grossman, 97, Floyd Street's finest, uh, former ESPN Louisville, employee slash teammate. How bad is Kentucky's defense? So for some context, when we talk about the NIT team, they slipped all the way to 102 in Ken Palm's defensive uh, efficiency ratings. One spot behind... Indiana, who's 101. And if you listened or watch any of the Indiana debacle that's going on up there, and they're calling for Mike Woodson's head yes, they up are. there. Boy, they look bad yesterday. They did not look State. good yesterday. They, Yeah, it, it, it's uh, – so offensively, you don't got to worry about Kentucky. Robert Dillingham, weapons with Reed, Shepard, uh, Antonio Reeves, that's there. They got to get something defensively in order to make it. And I think – what somebody put out the stat about Ken Palm. If like you're past this certain threshold, I forget the stat that was out there. Like you do not make a Final Four. Right. Last year Miami was 99th at this time in total defense, and I think they improved as the year went along, and they finished in the 70s or something like that. So that wasn't necessarily a great defensive team, and they got to the Final Four. So that's out there for Kentucky. But you you've got to get a couple stops, and they just it yesterday. They got down 16-5 to five in like the first five minutes of the game when the Duke-North Carolina game was still on ESPN. So by the time that they finally switched the game over, it was 16-5. to five Why don't you already. all go on the app? I do. Okay, I was uh, going to say. I'm just saying, a lot of people don't. But I, I, uh, I, Nick, I, we know Nick does. Nick does yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was watching it on but it's, DVR, it, so it, I just picked up right when it could. So I, I joined it 16-5. The Big Z apparently was sick last night. He's okay. been sick like, yeah, oh, man, his immune system since the coming over The disappointing part to me yesterday was they got down four, they got it down to four at halftime and you thought that would be the energy boost they needed and I know you spend a whole lot of energy trying to get yourself back into the game, but every time they needed to come up with a stop, they didn't do it. And if you would have told me before the game that Dalton Connect was going to be held under 20 points when he's been like 
what averaging 30 a game over yeah. the last month or so and we saw against South Carolina they put up he put up 31 the team put up 59 if you told me that he would have been held under 20 that Rob Dillingham would go for 35 you would have thought Kentucky would have won the game easily and it just seems like teams struggle offensively their medicine is to play Kentucky Texas A&M offensively this year has not been great but they put up 97 points or whatever it was in the overtime game Tennessee put up 59 against South Carolina on Tuesday they put up 46 in the first half they put up 103 for the entire game like, what was the dj wagner rumor that was out there that people were freaking that out he about? scrubbed all the his kentucky stuff off the instagram oh my god they okay. do that crap all the time like yeah and of course you remember pierce clarkson yeah jay williams i'm surprised he didn't say oh dj wagner's gonna end up back at louisville like he did earlier in the season uh four three seven nine six eight a ups jobs text line he's nick kern phil baker zach you see behind the glass liquor barn studios reminder we got you covered for the pro bowl coming up at three o'clock here on espn 680 105.7 the bill next week you're home for super bowl 58 via westwood one uh, great coverage if you were driving around getting set for that uh, over the last six to seven years we see kentucky get worse and worse as the year goes on uh, that's coaching look at north carolina kentucky beat them earlier this year and they're probably one of the best teams in the country especially on defense and getting better every week that is coaching uh, i am rooting hard i'm sorry i'm rooting hard against old miss love seeing beard take the l uh, let's see did dj play i'm when we got ran out of the gym by South Carolina, and that's another interesting yeah, discussion. Yeah, he, he did play. No, that that I think that's the texture's point yeah. is is it's similar to what we've said a lot about Louisville and like turning the page, granted on a much higher level because Kentucky is uh, a top 10 team right now, at least for today, because that'll probably be out of it tomorrow. But one of the interesting discuss- it's always something. It's like you need more from the bigs. Um, Big Z's out, sick. DJ Wagner's hurt. Robert Dillingham out. Like there, there's always that's. That's as the season goes on, guys. Like that's something that you just got to be prepared for. Injuries happen, sickness happens, mm-hmm. guys come and go. Like those are the things that people just kind of need to get with. And with Cal, which by the way, I've seen the text line didn't do his coaches show. I know a lot of people get upset about that. The masses are not happy about that. I love when Cal swaggy Cal, by the way, and he has the headset on and he's just talking with Tom and uh, at the time our dear friend Mike Pratt now Goose uh, doing just the chest passes as he's signing the balls and throw oh, it yeah. out. That's great, but. Did not do that. Send Orlando Antigua out there for Tom Leach on that. And I know that bothers people oh so much when he doesn't do that because it comes across as just he he's just it, it comes across like he'll do it and he's swaggy after wins and then just as you know throws a temper tantrum after losses. Cal looks way too tight and lacks composure. His players feel it and show it. Cal could back off the officials and keep his guys focused and under control. His screaming and ranting nullify individual skills processed by players. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, that's been a criticism for a while. Um, He's done that ever since he's been uh, probably a coach, but certainly when we've watched him consistently since he's been at Kentucky, um, that's that's what he does. And um, I don't see it changing. So um, hopefully, guys, I, I would be interested to see Kentucky, and this is never what they do with John Calipari, but I'd be interested to see them try a zone um and and maybe play zone me. a little bit consistently uh to see you know y- you have the rim protection in there um to see if that could you know help keep some of these drivers out of the lane just to just to see um they probably won't but i'd be interested to see them try it 
Four three seven nine six eighty. A couple more texts before we get to a bottom hour uh, hour break. None of the brand names mentioned will take over for KP. Would take the job while Louisville was still on probation. I think Josh's only priority now is to get the scandals behind them. It's a text, bro. In my opinion, do we even address this now? Y'all sensitive about probation, but act like it isn't a factor. Have we? I don't even think we, we acknowledge this text. Yeah, take the timestamp on that. Well, no, well, yeah, we, it was today. It was we, saying staying in denial and doing anyone justice. Everyone at the station has avoided the word. Probation, fake news. Now, not ESPN. I have no idea what that was yeah, in but regards to. I, I don't. I don't either. But it may have been reg- in regards to us saying that they have talent, um, and that we think they have good players. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the the probation thing. I mean, that's not really. Right. I mean, it's, it's a deal, but it's not like uh, a, Arizona seems to be doing okay. Are we still yeah. on that? I, it's I, not. It's not. Uh, maybe he was sending a text to. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I didn't follow that one right. I don't there. know. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, I guess we got to talk about Liam Cohen. Uh, yeah, we got to mention that. I guess we got to talk about Scotty D's great play with Jack Grossman in attendance. You talked about Ooh. it a little bit, but Jack Grossman front row seat to that. I, the thing I love about ESPN Plus, and I'm terrified of saying this on the air because I don't want to lose this. Oh ESPN, if it's on ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN UACC network or SEC, won't let you screen record uh, from your iPhone on that. So if I was trying to get Jack Grossman like a little footage. ESPN Plus hasn't got that technology updated yet. So I was able to send Jack Grossman like his reaction oh. to the game winner that yeah. happened right in front of him. So uh, it won't let if you try to take a screenshot. So hopefully uh, no one from ESPN affiliates are listening right now. Sorry, Jeff Martindale, if you are, in fact, listening. But uh, ESPN Plus hasn't figured that out yet, which you can catch a lot of the Bell Urban games out over there. So just uh, Jackie Grossman wearing his little uh, maroon shirt sitting behind Scotty D. I asked, um, I said, did Scotty D let you give you the pregame speech, Jack Grossman? You know, you're making going through that Atlanta traffic, you could have talked about hitting some adversity. Yeah. You know, there was eight lanes. I couldn't move, but I had to get here. I swung out to the left and made it. Sometimes you got to get in the carpool lane. That's that's what you got to do there. So we'll talk about that. Liam Cohen, Carl Weathers, uh, Scott Van Pelt had something about name, image, and likeness and whatever other nonsense we have there. Oh, my bad beat story that oh, you'll yeah, appreciate we, on that, which we, no one else will probably care about. We, oh, yeah. In the last minute, a Butler Creighton took uh, 22 minutes for those okay. that came. Uh, on the other side right here on your sports station, ESPN 680, 1057. You're locked on the Sunday morning hangover on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. Sitting out here on the hood of this truck, looking up at a caramel-colored sunset sky. Checking my watch, doing the math in my head, counting backwards to when you said goodbye. Will those runway lights get brighter? I'm just sitting out here watching airplanes. Is this Bun B? No, it's actually Gary Allen. Watching airplanes, which a lot of folks might still be looking to do as the season wears on. It's funny you say that. I was actually doing that yesterday. I'm sure you were. It's our country song of the week. A lot of people, you know, if things play out the way many think they will, 
Flight patterns could be watched. Oh, flight tracker oh, season. Oh, boy, I forgot about that. See, I, I know our listenership is strong in the uh, Bowman Field corridor as sure. well as you kind of got the, the tip of Germantown, that little corridor over there. So listenership is strong for all seven of you out there. But uh, Bowman Field, they were kind of doing their – in preparation for like a fun month. You got our buddies over at the Tailspin Ale Fest coming on oh, on yeah. Bowman Field. Yeah. But they were – they have the – like – Almost, I don't want to say they're World War II planes, but they were flying in unisons together, like four of them. I felt like uh, I was on the set of uh, Indiana Jones. It's Dr. Jones, you lady. And, and they're flying hmm. on there. I'm going to see Harrison Ford up there. So I was just up there, and I was like, wow. As I anamorph into an old, uh, uh, this, is, this is me staring at airplanes. So that wasn't appropriate song without us having any communication about oh, that about prior that? to that. How about that's, that? That's doing the show together that's for a wild. very long time and just being Telepathy there. right there. Uh, yes. Uh, by the way, Trilly Donovan, when he's not okay. tweeting out cryptic tweets, Tweets about uh, coaches that many people are speculating are in just in regards to the Louisville job. He just tweeted this out. People, the same Kentucky fans calling for Cal's head today are the same ones that attacked at Trilly Donovan for saying he was on the hot seat coming into the season. Trilly Donovan quote tweeted that saying, it's true, but here I am today in defense of John Calipari. Why? Because he tried something different. Not many coaches do that. The new offense is fun and awesome. The defense is horrendous. It's not good. But Miami made the final four with this exact same formula. Look at this, Zach, you see. Last year, don't fret BBN. It's not as bad as you think. Well, here's the thing. You've talked about it a lot. It's exactly right. There is an element of randomness in the NCAA tournament. The matchup, um, you know, in order... For it to really kill you, you have to be matched up with teams that can score with you. Uh, Tennessee can. Florida did. Can whoever they'll have to play in the tournament remains to be seen. All right. uh, Before we get into what else is going on, uh, your thoughts. Oh, go ahead. Quick note. Seeing this retweeted by Mark Ennis, Ballard, Hoops, tweeting. Quinn Snyder's jersey getting retired by Ballard on Wednesday night. Shout out. I know his uh, dad, Scott, is a frequent listener of the station. I... I died on this hill about Quinn Snyder. I, I said this all the time about Quinn Snyder as a Louisville basketball player. They're doing it at halftime of a Ballard-Trinity game. Of course they are. Uh, People are going to have some fun with that. That's a tough one as a Shamrock. But, uh, yeah, very much deserved. All-time leading scorer at Ballard. That's a school that pretty, has produced some uh, some Dewan pretty Weed, some Alan pretty big Houston. names. Yes, uh, and and Mr. Basketball in 2014. I used to battle my buddies about this all the time, and I know I'm I'm on an island by myself. You got some when when Edgar Sosa of the world or, or Chris Jones were on of the world scoring point guards, like they were on. But people forget, like when they weren't on, like there were, you could get anywhere from a two to an eight with him. Quinn Snyder, steady Eddie, yeah, like he right. was everywhere between like a solid seven every night. And I'm a massive Quinn Snyder fan, so Me there too. he goes. That's oh. going to make it sound like a honk on that, but uh, no, his then, number four getting retired on Wednesday. Shout out to him. It's, yes. Yeah, I know his dad Scott is a listener of the station uh, too, so there you go for that. Uh, Liam Cohen, I know Zachy C and Louis spent some time talking about this a little bit too. What do you make of that experiment? Because well, that between the A and M stuff with Stoops and yeah, this, it's the, a little the, interesting the, to see the, what's going on I, down in Lexington. I, a lot of people crushing Mark Stoops over it. I, I don't know that. I get it, but I know you want to have consistency in your offensive coordinator, and I get all that. But Liam Cohen was available. He had good success two years ago with Will Levis. Were you not going to hire him? Like You knew that he could maybe go back to the NFL. 
I, I would guess that's a conversation you probably had with him, and common sense would dictate that that, that was a possibility. But is that going to scare you away from hiring him if you think he could help propel you to a good year? I, I need I him to rehire Eddie Graham. I don't think I need so. him. It, would, it, would, be it amazing. would be poetic. But I, I think that also um, it, it didn't – people are a little bit jilted because it didn't work quite as well this year. But you have to remember – um, the Liam Cohen health issues, I think that really sort of stunted the growth of this Kentucky offense with Devin Leary as the quarterback. And, um, you, you know, Cohen missing time in terms of games and practices and probably not being quite as hands-on as he would normally be uh, for a while because of the, the health issues. And glad he's he's evidently back and, and good to go. But um, as the season wore on, they got to where I think we thought they would be. Like the last three, four games of the year, they were pretty good. I guess that's head-scratching, like, and, and, just about with Liam Cohen of, like, the, and I guess in Kentucky it may as well be considered Siberia to the, you know, the, the general masses of the NFL. And it's an yeah. NFL job. You can't fault them for taking an no, NFL job. I, I, I don't think you can fault Mark Stoops for hiring him back because it worked well before, so why not try it again? And even if it was only going to be for one year, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can fault him much. We'll see what the hire is. There was one... I don't know if it was a oh the the Brahm and Will Stein no okay Strebel um, was tweeting with a guy who said that Tommy Reese was in line to become the Kentucky OC. Don't know if that was like a real account or if it was a fake. Thing. I don't know. That's that's journalism in a nutshell, but right there. We don't know what uh, is out there. Strebel could be talking with a bot. He got but, tipped off but, about Big Z, and now we just think Strebel's uh, scribe Strebel. That would be a big hire if they could do that. No one's going to argue with that, right? I would tell, if I were Mitch Barnhart, I, I would go to Stoops where they keep asking for raises and stuff like that. It's just like, eh, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's, let's pump the brakes. Well, All if right. you pay him more, maybe he wouldn't have taken the job with the Tampa Bay Bucs. Maybe that's the argument. I don't know. Two six seven nine six eighty. There, break that down. Should he have taken the job with the Bucks? Yeah, your thoughts. Uh, let's see. Let's, but I, it's also what we're going to get to, I think, with Scott Van Pelt here. If you're a coach and you can get to the NFL and not have to deal with a lot of the stuff you have to deal with in college sports right now, I think that's appealing. Well, that's a perfect tease for that. Here is Scott Van Pelt on one big thing. Is NIL sustainable? One big thing. That's what they call Zach C. Hmm. The one word you hear most often from anyone associated with collegiate athletics on the football and basketball sides is sustainable, as in the current situation is not. Wednesday, Jeff Hafley took the defensive coordinator job with the Green Bay Packers. If you weren't aware, he was the Boston College head football coach. They'd gone to bowl games three times in the last four seasons, including last year. So a Power 5 head coach who has had success decided he'd rather be a coordinator in the NFL. Now, I can't speak to the why for him specifically, but the current state of revenue sports is a lawless mess. On Twitter or message boards, the notion of NIL in the portal has nearly universal approval. And I agree, in theory. Players absolutely should be able to participate in the money train that they power, and they shouldn't have their movement restricted. With that said, what currently exists is unlimited, unregulated free agency. No professional athletes have this. So the current state of college coaching could best be described as never-ending fundraising to have the money to sign recruits, followed by never-ending re-recruiting of the players on your team in the hopes they don't head to the portal for more money, but they're probably going to. As Gino Ariema said, 
and he's right. How do you coach in an environment where the players feel like they owe you nothing and you owe them everything? The biggest issue that I don't hear anybody talk about is who's funding this? Because I don't care who you are, even the programs with the deepest of pockets are going to run into this reality. When you hit your biggest boosters up for six figures, then tell them, yeah, that was cool last year, but we're going to need double this year. And then it doubles the next. Even if the guy that your money went to last year wasn't any good, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that didn't work out, but we need to get the guy for next year. Eventually, they're going to tell you, look, man, I am done. I am out of money here. Ask some other booster. You're asking them to fund your professional enterprise. And if you don't have those types of boosters, forget it. You have no chance at all. But it's not sustainable even at the highest levels as currently constructed. This will eventually and inevitably crumble. But who, who's going to fix it? And how? I don't know. NIL supposedly isn't pay for play, but that's exactly what it is because there's really nobody to enforce it. Although I guess Tennessee would argue that. The whole thing, as everyone involved says over and over and over, is not sustainable. I don't blame coaches who just decide they've had enough or who compare the pros and cons and decide to go to the pros to take a step back in title for an upgrade in life and sanity. Scott Van Pelt on one big thing uh, from Stanford I mean, Steve. That hits it on the head right there. Like you can't. Um, maybe played a role in the Liam Cohen stuff a little bit. Maybe. I, I mean, you, you start to. I mean, obviously, if you're an OC in college football and. You get an equivalent job in the NFL. Most guys are probably taking that. All things equal, anyway. But but all things aren't equal. There Jeff is halfway thing was interesting yeah, for the Boston College it, stuff. But he's he's right about the fact that professional players don't have the level of freedom because they have contracts mm-hmm. that the the college players have right now. They as it currently stands right now with that federal case that the injunction whatever. Like they can transfer an unlimited amount of times right. without having to sit out and can make as much like there's no salary cap, can make as much money as they can find. Um he's right. It is ultimately not sustainable even for the biggest of programs. We've talked about this a lot because I don't think uh the T V money that a lot of these places um a lot of these entities have gotten, I'm not so sure how sustainable that is either. Uh, so we'll see. And I think you're going to see more of this for like the mid-level programs like a Boston College that, you know, is being a coordinator in the NFL better than being a head coach at BC or Northwestern or somewhere like that. I could absolutely see more. So you put all your eggs in a basket for to, diamonds in a rough and then it's like he decides to transfer to USC or Bama after all right. that. So, no, I get that. I think. The NIL, by and large, is a good thing, but I think there needs to be some sort of restriction on it. Now, co- players deserve to have the opportunity to make money. They deserve the opportunity sure. to move around because their coaches get to do it, whatever they want as well. I don't think they deserve the opportunity to move around. Not because I, I think here, here's, once at least. No, no, I, I, I'm good with one free transfer. Yeah, like but, if your coach leaves, then you should have the opportunity well, to leave. Well, no, too. and I'm good with the one free transfer, period. Like, I, I think that's a fine rule. That's how it's been in the non-revenue sports forever. But, like, coaches, I know people say they move freely. Uh, they don't. There are buyouts. There, there are massive amounts in some instances of, of financial compensation that accompany those moves um like 
if a player wants out of his scholarship to go his or her scholarship to go somewhere else, they don't have to like pay the rest of the scholarship to go take one somewhere else. Maybe they should. Maybe. I, like, Especially now because they can actually make money. There's they a might. lot of... It's it's very complicated. Uh, NIL was not supposed to be a thing where you just had a bunch of boosters coming together to basically pay players to play. But we play. all knew it would be. Of course, of course, we, be of course we knew it was going to be, but the whole idea is that they're supposed to actually have to be um, providing some sort of service, whether that's promoting a product on social media and commercials, whatever, to, uh, to earn that money. But that's... That's not what it's become, and and that that because it's not like an organic market thing dictating it. That's why it's not sustainable. Uh, we'll see what the next move is, but the current construct certainly is not sustainable. I'm all for players being able to make money off their likenesses too. I, I've never been one to say um, they should be in on any sort of revenue sharing because I think your scholarship is is basically that, and they get cost of attendance money now too, which is. Um, pretty good. Um, so I don't know. It's your least favorite segment. It's our favorite segment. It is what else is going on to close out the show on ESPN 680, 105.7 and the ESPN Louisville and app. And now it's time for what else is going on with Nick Curran and Nick Evans. And Zach E.C. and Phil Baker. All right. Here you go. Fun stuff today. Appreciate everyone making us a part of your day. Reminder, Pro Bowl coming up on ESPN 680, 105.7 and 93.9 The Ville. Boy, that's a tease that the masses are driving around want to hear that uh, on your sports station presented by our good friends over at Bairdo's Pizza and Baptist Health. All right. By the uh, way, Cards NC State tomorrow night yep. in Raleigh. Big game. Mm-hmm. Listen Big over game. on 93.9 The Ville. Uh, did you see this, what Peter Thiel, the billionaire, is trying to do? Uh, yes, I think so. He wants to start the steroid Olympics. We're getting closer to uh, this feels like a my home run derby and extra innings idea. It feels like we're kind of on a collision course with that. So, Maybe. Nick, would you watch this if it was if it was on NBC, not Peacock, but NBC? Uh uh, maybe. Depends on the time of the year, to be Boy, honest. This takes me back to my childhood. Sosa McGuire. Yeah, I'm going to watch. Oh, same here. Absolutely. But what events are we going to have? That's what really matters to me. Battle to the death. Yep. The idea is you can take whatever performance-enhancing drugs you want and you just compete against other Yes. Athletes. Bring back steroids to baseball. Baseball is better in the steroid era. I said it. And a home run derby. To prevent extra innings. Yes, it is. Uh, Bill okay. Belichick took out a full page in today's Boston Globe to say thank you and a farewell to Patriots fans. Is, is he not going to get picked up? By, that is crazy Not to this. Well, everything's been filled this year. He some, should coach next year. Some people think Belichick to BC is the move. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to see Bill on television. If you've seen him too. do like NFL films or all that kind of stuff, be he's great. very he, he's, good. He's detailed and very personable guy, actually, uh, when not dealing with like members of the media in the press conference setting. I think that would be fantastic. I don't know. Maybe he's done, but classy move to take out the full page ad. It's uh, definitely the end of an era. Okay, real quick on my bad beat, then I want to get to this SEC Big Ten thing. Uh, so, okay, so I'm in a gambling group chat, okay? Yeah, and, right. and you know me. Like, I have FOMO, fear of missing out, uh-huh. in terms of like, oh, if it's a $5, like, I'll just go ahead and take because I don't want to be that guy. It's gotten to the point now where so many parlays and things are sent in the chat where I've grown numb to it, where it's just like, oh, he's not going to hit that. I had a buddy hit a $5 parlay for over $10,000, and... I did not take it. Uh, what was it? Oh, I mean, it was just like a lot of favorites. Some okay. if it, kind of plus 100, minus 100 right. was there. Um, but yes, it was sent in the group chat that it 
Shout out to my buddy for hitting that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shout out to that. But uh, yeah, you got to so, fill out tax paperwork for uh, that. Yeah, but still, you know, you got to show some of the losing there too. So you got that's, that's where you go to Churchill Downs and pick up the receipts. Just off grab the ground. those tickets, you baby. Just grab them. Up. All right, uh, that's a bad beat for me. I know no one has sympathy for that. It's like fantasy football talk at the water cooler that no one cares about. Uh, the SEC Big Ten have announced a formation of a joint advisory group with university presence, chancellors, and ads. The boy, this sounds familiar. The group will address significant challenges facing college. Athletics Alliance, anybody? I mean, it's like the NCAA is dead. It's not, it's not though, because no one wants to do the work. Everyone says the NCAA is dead, and I mean, in some ways, I agree, but but no one ultimately wants like it's a lot of work to try to keep it all together and to keep it all organized, and no one wants to do that. But if the Big Ten and the SEC team up and say, this is what we're going to do with how powerful they are. The NCAA is just going to get on board. They're not going to take over for the NCAA. They're just going to say, hey, here's how things. Yes. We think they should run. And the NCAA is going to say, okay, let's do it. They're just going to have to accept it and move on. Yeah. have to deal with it. With all the money that the Big Ten and SEC are currently making via television, that's Mm -hmm. basically the reality of it. Um, But again. They struck gold on this particular deal. I'm not so sure that it stays the same next go-around, but this go-around's all that matters. I'm still unconvinced the SEC and the Big Ten are totally going to work together because they've always been opposites for so many years. Yeah, Michigan and uh, Ohio State are going to cave into Alabama's demands. Like, come on. That's that's another problem. Texas is about to get a dose of that. And that's another reason why you ultimately are probably going to need some sort of outside entity, i.e. the the NCAA, because trying to get all these leagues to agree on things is virtually impossible. All right. Uh, Carl Weathers passing away. (sighs) Can you name what NFL team he played for? He already did. That already happened during the show. Well, thanks for listening. What's your favorite? So we have to... Chubbs is an amazing Chubbs, his, he's yeah. really good on Arrested Development, too. Oh, he's fantastic playing himself on Arrested Development. Have you That's ever watched Arrested no, Development? No, I feel watched. like that'd be good for you. No, I feel I, like I it's very I, Seinfeld-y. I've heard, I've heard that a lot. I'd you like would love to. Arrested Development. I need to watch it. Just the first I blew three seasons. Myself. Don't watch the Netflix season. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they, that kind of overlapped we on some of We all try to forget those. Uh, let's see. You know, Predator. Apollo Creed, of course. Oh, of course. Where yeah. he let Rocky win. Everybody knows that. In the race. I was listening to Hearts on uh, Fire from Rocky Four, like on repeat after I found out about his death. Oh, yeah. Great song. Of course, his performance when he was James Brown, he came out coming to America before Drago kills him. Spoiler alert. Okay. If he dies, he dies. The the Apollo Creed. Great. That's the role he's probably always going to be Great role. I mean, for me, it's Chubbs because Happy Gilmore is one of my favorite movies of all time. So somehow, hopefully, like he's playing the piano up there. Oh yeah, with with the hand. Speaking back. of the hand, you think he got the hand back? Morgan Freeman. Yeah, we didn't talk about this. No. That's a, so apparently, he uh, it looked like he gave a little a little pat on the the tush, oh. if you will, to uh, the the Morehead State transfer, Broom, Johnny Broom, and yeah, so he looked like he was about to smack his hand away uh, for that. Does he still? Does he have a prosthetic hand? Did I make that up or by? I think Morgan Freeman was like in a car accident, and he has like I'm on this. This is journalism. I have no Morgan idea. Freeman hand yeah. hand issue. So what I happened saw- to Morgan Freeman's hand? Yeah, he wears a glove on his left hand. Yeah, yeah that's right. 
due to a, a an accident that led to an injury. Okay, I didn't think I was doing the Chubbs thing where I was thinking that an alligator got it. Okay, that's me. That's Look, admitted, that's a blind spot for me, but I'm glad that I was able to uh, land the plane on I that. I got his head. I, I just, um, this is, I'm curious about this because, like, like why... Why does he have to apologize? Like, so if it was just some random courtside fan grabbing you, that's a no-no. But since it's Morgan Freeman, all good. I mean, it's, Why it's Lucius Fox. It's yes. the voice of God. It's Morgan Freeman. You can't grab his ass, Nick. Morgan Freeman can. Those are the rules. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I don't want to, but I'm just, I'm just wondering why that. I would touch Morgan Freeman's ass just to say I touch God's I, ass. I'm, I, I'm perfectly comfortable. I want Morgan that. Freeman to narrate my life. I want to know why that's that's how it is. That's weird to me. Well, we dive into the deep dive of that next week. Uh, Super Bowl week. We got prop bets. We got you covered. Your home for Super Bowl 58 is right here on ESPN. Syracuse. Fun show. Ben Johnson, big three to beat Kennesaw State on Thursday. We didn't get to talk much about that. Shout out to Scotty D and company. Jack Grossman giving the motivational speech there. For Zachy C and Nick, I'm Phil. A happy birthday to Zach Cantrell's idol, Hunter Biden. He's 54. We'll talk to you next week. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.